Welcome to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Randy Fine. A Fine Time for Healing is a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. Welcome to the show today. If you are not already a subscriber, please subscribe to the channel. I'm putting out at least two videos a week, and you'll get notification as soon as they come out. And be sure to give us that thumbs up if you like them. Um, each of us has more to do with creating coincidences than we think. Today's special guest, Dr. Bernard Bateman, explores the crucial role of personal agency in his book, Meaningful Coincidences, How and Why Synchronicity and Serendipity Happen. Individual thought and action, that's part of the title. He shows that there's much more behind these occurrences than fate or randomness, and says that they can be clues to the functioning of the psychosphere, our mental atmosphere, through which many of them happen. Bernard Bateman, MD, is the founder of the Coincidence Project. Um, he is the first psychiatrist since Carl Jung to system systemize the study of coincidences. A graduate of Yale Medical School, he did his psychiatric residency at Stanford University. The former chair of psychiatry of the University of Missouri-Columbia Medical School for 17 years. He writes a blog for Psychology Today on coincidence and is the co-author of the award-winning book, Learned Psychotherapy. Welcome, Dr. Bateman. Thank you, Randy, and it's Bateman. We should have corrected that earlier. Bateman? Bateman, yes, as in various ways of saying it. Bateman. Yeah, like that, but <laughs> but I, you got it, but I prefer now also to add B-Y-T-E, man. Bateman, okay, that's good. Um, would you prefer that I refer to you as as Dr. Biteman or Bernie? Bernie. Got it. Okay, good. We're on, we're on the same page here. So um, you're a psychiatrist and you say that um, you're paid to distinguish between reality and crazy. What do you mean by that? I mean, just that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, just that people uh, come to psychiatrists and come to me wondering if there's crazy if they're if they're psychotic uh and one of the ways that they think of themselves as psychotic is they experience a lot of coincidences uh too many people go to mental health professionals and with a lot of stories about meaningful coincidences synchronicities and serendipities and say i there's something going on i think all these things have meaning for me and I, I they sometimes get to be overwhelming for me and i want to be able to to do something about that well psychiatrists and others other mental health people tend to say okay let me find a pill for you it's the general first reflex uh, because there's a subset of people we call them schizophrenic or or bipolar or even uh, psychotic on drugs like amphetamines or or lsd well they start seeing a lot of coincidences and they become overwhelming but for the person it's a it's potentially a spiritually transforming experience it could be a spiritual awakening uh, 
And at least it's a psychological awakening. So that what I try to do is help people who come to me with that question make sense out of what the coincidences mean for them. And I've been able to be successful in doing that with a bunch of people. I didn't realize that um, that psychopathy, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder. I didn't realize that um, that these were synchronicities were such a big part of that. That they why why is that? Well, I can't tell you how big a part because the research hasn't been done. Okay. Um, they don't as they do the the data collection on the characteristics of people with uh, who are manic or who are in a psychotic episode uh, with schizophrenia, they don't count that, but they generally tend to know or believe that that's associated. So I don't know how often it happens. I think it happens quite, uh, quite often. Okay. Uh, but why, why does it happen is what you asked. Mm -hmm. Well, Randy Fine, you're asking a fine question. Uh, the fine question has to do with what makes coincidences happen anyway. And so we've got to come to, uh, well, they happen. So what are they if we're saying they happen? Well, a coincidence, and this is just a neutral term, is the coming together of two events in an improbable way and the events don't seem to be connected with each other except when they cross and they seem to have maybe something in common a meaningful coincidence is, is two events coming together in a surprising unexpected way and seeming to have personal meaning to the person experiencing them seeming the key point is we don't know what the cause is. If you know what the cause of a coincidence is, it's not a coincidence anymore, which is why you've probably heard people say, there are no coincidences. And do you know why people say that? Some people say that? I'll let you tell me. Well, I was curious to see what you would come up with. because oh, why people say that? Yeah. Because you have to believe that things are coincidental for them for their, them to be coincidences and if you know um if you believe that life plays out a certain way and that you're guided and you have these signposts along the way then you recognize that coincidences really are something else yeah signposts is a term i love to use and just as a as a as a little a uh, little side road for the signpost uh, on the road of coincidence understanding. Uh, a lot of people don't recognize coincidences as signposts. They're as guiding, as suggestions. They take them as commands. This is what you must do. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem. They are signposts, as you say, and they must be considered in the context of your intuition and other life experiences about whether you're going to follow them or not. Okay. But we're, we're going to talk about a lot of the different kinds of um, coincidences. And um, as we go on, uh, was there something else you wanted to add to that? Yes, I, I wanted to answer your question because I, your signpost got me off the road for a little bit into another road. 
the the reason they happen coincidences happen more often with people who are in agitated states psychosis is because they're having a lot of thoughts and the more thoughts you have the more possibility there are for those thoughts to meet some other experience in the real in the world outside your mind so that they can match so coincidences the more there are thoughts and the more events there are out here the more possibilities there are for coincidences to happen that's really interesting thank you for me synchronicities have have always felt divinely inspired or spiritually inspired or whatever, because some of them have been just, you know, they, they, they couldn't be coincidences. There's just no way. There's just no way. Um, and they have directed my life in a sense. And what I found is it's not always going to direct you into something that's, that's good for you immediately, but it directs you on your path. That's what it's felt like to me. And sometimes... And you know, it'll take me on a path and I follow it because I know that this is where I'm going. It doesn't mean it's going to be a perfect uh, situation or solution, but I believe that it shows me I'm on the right path. Uh, two fundamental, three fundamental things you just said, uh, and you have a, a wonderful comprehension of these ideas. Um, First, if you believe it's divinely inspired, there are no coincidences because you know the cause. And the, on the other end of that are people who say they're all random and there are no coincidences because they're all explainable by randomness. And that's why people say there are no coincidences. The unfortunate thing, I think, is that each one of those explanations take out your own personal, your own personal agency. Mm -hmm. in deciding whether to take that road or not whether to consider that possibility or not that's where that's why i think it's so important to be able to say that you also play a part in it although there's something else going on around here ladies and gentlemen and i am very interested in trying to understand what that something else is it's divine it's something else but in, in my book, I try to describe the psychosphere, as you mentioned earlier, our mental atmosphere, rather than going out to the universe, which is a very large thing, which may be conscious and maybe have a whole set of things that we don't quite understand. People ask the universe for things. Uh, I prefer to say that we also have a lot going on right here with Gaia. Uh, right here on Mother Earth, there's a lot here that's mysterious, like fungi, for example, and all the little fungi, fungi things that they do, or de the depths of the ocean. But there's also this mental atmosphere that we are breathing in and breathing out like our air atmosphere, we breathe in energy and information, we breathe out energy information, and through the psychosphere, we make connections with each other and with the plant life around us because everything around us has consciousness in various degrees. And that consciousness is not only in our brains or around our brains, it's in other people. And we don't have to go past uh, the ionosphere. 
to recognize that this these connections of minds happen right here around Gaia in our mental atmosphere. And so I look for potential explanations there uh, for for coincidences, not not just random probability plays a role. Mystery is a huge problem and it's fun to be a detective because meaningful coincidences are clues to how reality works. But we play a part in this too. You decide. You decide to go this way or that way. And when you said earlier, I'm so glad you're able to say that, Brandy, because it's important for people to know that uh, a great coincidence now can turn out to be a real bummer later. And uh, not such a good one now, even an awful one now, mm -hmm. if you hang around and look back at how it happened and what happened, turns out to be you end up doing a great podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, you know, and when I said that, I mean, like, you know, there were things that led me to other to earlier stages of my life to make decisions for things that happened. And they didn't necessarily work out the way I thought they would. However, they worked out for the better good in law in the long term. So now, as you as you talk about that, Randy, uh, there is a tendency for us to tell our coincidence stories as you have so far about ourselves, that this happened to me and I did this and I was inspired by that. But so many of these coincidences involve other people. And it's it's so important, I think, to remember it's not just about us. So I like to ask people, okay, it happened to you, but who are the other people involved and how did the, the coincidence involving the two of you impact the other person? Mm -hmm. Right. And it, you know, when I talk about these things, they generally are with other people. Um, and the other person, it's hard to say, you know, how they were impacted, but I believe the impact was as profound for them as it was for me in their way. Um, and, you know, and, and since I believe we're all here, you know, with our own, um, what we come to learn, what we come to experience and things like that, I believe that um, it was for their best experience as well. And um, wonderful things came out of these things for both of us. But some of it was tragic and uh, it wasn't always the best. But when I look back, I look back with, um, just I really look back with fondness of those memories because I think that those things, like I said before, have set me on this path. I wouldn't be here today doing what I do if, it, if these things had not happened to me, with me, for me, whatever you want to say. It's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. Uh, I'm writing my a coincidence uh, autobiography right now and looking back at, at the stories next to each other on a page and then the next page, it's very much like we, what you just said about yourself, how you got where you are, like how my book, Meaningful Coincidences, got published. I've got a section. I'm reading it now. It's it's amazing. I mean, it's it's wonderful when it happens. But looking back and seeing the, the connections among and between them are pretty amazing 
and interesting to watch. Yeah, it's about me, but it's also about how coincidence work and how they work like with you and they work with other people. Mm -hmm. And so they become these weird things that are common. These are common experiences that we don't pay attention to. And my job, we've all got our jobs here. We're all here to mm -hmm. learn something. My job yeah. is to um, increase people's awareness of this everyday common experience mm -hmm. so they can see how connected they are with what's around them. And I just think this is uh, just phenomenal. I love what you do. I love, you know, and, and reading your book, um, I just couldn't believe how much there is to this topic, how many different facets there are to this topic, how well, how much you can take this apart to understand it in so many ways. Uh, I found that very, very fascinating. You said um, in a survey you conducted while you were at the University of Missouri in 2009, you found that at least a third of the general population frequently notices coincidences. Yep. And they got to notice them to be able to tell us about them. <laughs> I mean, as funny as that is, I mean, I, I get to be scientific and I have to put things down into detail. A, co it's a coincidence doesn't happen unless you notice it. I mean, I've got, <laughs> I've got stories of people seeing somebody with a coincidence oh, wow. going through a coincidence and the people involved don't notice it, but the other guy does. Oh my gosh. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, the, the one that just pops out, there's been so many, but the one that pops out is um, I met someone for a romantic relationship uh, just decades ago, 40, probably 40 years ago. And um, I never saw this person, but this person saw me, uh, asked my friend for my number. We ended up getting together. Um, and after we began to date, I was in his house. I had never heard of him before, and he had never heard of me before. I was in his house, and I was upstairs cleaning out a closet that because I needed to put some stuff in there, and there was no room downstairs. So I, I sat down on the floor, and I started going through these all the papers. Everything was like littered in there. And then there was this Polaroid, Polaroid picture. I flip it over, and it's me. <laughs> it's me. And it was we had met at a prom or something like that and it was taken there and there i was in his house all that time what it's, were you doing in his house we were dating i moved I, oh you were dating okay we were dating i started i moved in we were living together and i needed a space to hang my stuff because the house was small there was no closet space and um so I went upstairs and I'm cleaning out this closet. It was upstairs in the attic. Nobody used this closet. It was just like everything had been thrown in there, you know? And I'm like, all right, I, I got a big black trash bag and I start sorting through things. And then I'm like, oh my God, that's me. What, and oh my God, that's you. And so fun for me often is, is to ask you, after your surprise, and what do you see in my book, Meaningful Coincidences, there are many meanings to a meaningful coincidences. And the first one is surprise. Uh, the second one is that there's a correlation between a thought in your mind and the thing that's 
outside there and certainly there was there's you is the thought in your own mind mm -hmm. and then they're correlated but and the, the third meaning has to do with um what it meant to you personally about uh, seeing that photo after you got surprised what did it mean to you it solidified the feeling that i was having with this person it 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 um it had felt like it was meant to be and then there it was so <clears throat> for me that was confirmation it's like okay we're supposed to be together <clears throat> sorry now um that relationship didn't work out well but there are many things many things that came from it <clears throat> and um it was <clears throat> it was a traumatic experience but i had to go through it in order to get to the next place and so at, but at the time it was confirmation and sometimes i think when we have these confirmations we hold on a little bit too tight to them and when things start to change we may say to ourselves but look there's that confirmation that we're supposed to be together um but that doesn't mean you're supposed to stay together it just means that this is the trajectory this is the path that's one of the signposts that kind of direct you on your way and that's what it meant to me um why are you um why uh, why are you parallel quoting uh my one of my most popular posts in psychology <laughs> today uh which is uh, all these coincidences mean it's meant to be okay. i mean I, how come you're how come you're saying all the key points in there uh it is part of the fun for me in listening to what you just said uh, and I'll repeat a little bit of it just so other people can hear it, because I think what you said and what others have said is so important, is that when you get a, a wow, look at that, my picture with him in his house, it's meant to be. Uh, and a lot of people like to believe that it's fate and that fate does it. And uh, I, I just have to follow the dictates of fate. But no, as you say, they're road signs. They are not commands and what you say also is that people who are having trouble with each other once they get into the relationship say oh but look at this coincidence that brought us together it means we have to really struggle to keep it together absolutely right uh that's wrong because funny thing that happens when you get into a relationship with somebody and you're doing something like living together it's not like going out on dates living together you <laughs> have to deal with uh, all those problems that come up with your you and on me and we have these differences and you get to know somebody in a way that you hadn't before so what you're telling everybody which you're not didn't say directly is if you want to be in a relationship you got to work on it but even more than that what you're saying is so wonderfully true is this stuff does not mean forever. It does not mean forever. You can be in love as a dance friend of mine says for a minute on a, walking past somebody on the, in the streets. You can be in love with somebody dancing for a little while and it's over. You can be in a relationship with someone that's wonderful for a while but then it goes on and you're there with each other to help each other on the road that you very well articulated, very well articulated that we're here to learn stuff and to help each other learn and grow and develop and connect. And you know that and that comes from your heart and you're saying it so well. Thank you.
Thank you. You're welcome. And you know, and the, and the benefit of knowing that when everything fell apart and it became very traumatic was there's a purpose for this. I was able to say that, you know, at that point, it's like, okay, there was a reason that we're brought together and there's more to come. And it helps help me process the whole thing to under, to, just to um, have the understanding that it wasn't just a random occurrence. This was meant to happen all with all the good and the bad that came with it. It was meant to happen and that there will be um, something that will come out of this down the road. Well, I, we can talk about this meant to happen thing because that covers a lot of territory when you say it was meant to happen. But the the idea, the key idea is called, it might be called resilience. Uh, instead of saying, oh man, I'm a bad person. I messed this thing up. Nobody can ever love me. I tried it with this guy and the signs were all there. And we couldn't do it. And it's got to be my fault. And I don't know if I want to try again. Mm. It's that's a, not an uncommon response. Yeah. Your response is the right one. Your response is, we're here to learn. And this kind of problem and diseases are like that too. getting sick, getting some kind of thing happening to you are also challenges to you to be able to try to see well, how do I use this experience? to grow and you were able to do that by doing a very fundamental thing randy you believed there was something here for you to learn mm -hmm. and do and expand and find and discover thank you i think that's a really really important point it is um i work as a coach for people who are uh, have suffered narcissistic abuse and uh, it's, it's something that feels so hopeless and it feels so meaningless sometimes, you know? And I feel that when people can, when they have a sense of uh, the bigger picture in a sense, something outside of themselves, that it helps them to be able to put this into perspective and see this is just, you know, and I tell people what I've realized about me is that Every time I hit a hurdle or a wall that feels like, oh, I'm never going to get over this or around this, I say to myself, that's what you came here to do. So you better do it. <laughs> and then I push through fearlessly because, you know, because I'm like, it's what I came here to do. I'm going to do it, you know, and I feel like I have that protection. Um, but, you know, there's so many different ways to look at things and. I wouldn't yep. be doing what I'm doing now if all these other things had not happened. Clearly, you learned a lot. Uh, one phrase I've learned is celebrate the problem. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's everything is everything happens for a reason. Um, there are. Um, you say coincidences are formed from two kinds of events, mind and object, so can you explain a little bit about that? Well, the background of that is, is earlier in, in the book, Meaningful Coincidences, I describe four major forms of meaningful, meaningful coincidences. And we can talk about that if you, if you want, but uh, in some detail, but there's synchronicity, 
serendipity, seriality, which is lesser known, and simulpathity, uh, the feeling of the pain of a loved one at a distance. Mm -hmm. These are four different um, labels. Uh, they each begin with an S and end with I-T-Y, which I, I get a kick out of. Uh, but they're confusing. That Their definitions are what do you mean by synchronicity? Some people prefer serendipity for synchronicity. Somebody what else would call synchronicity. Uh, what do we mean by those terms? So, okay, use the terms. They're, they have some use. But what are the fundamental elements of a meaningful coincidence? All four of those. There's only two. It's like getting down to like uh, zeros and ones in digital thinking. There's only two. A, an event in the mind and an event in the environment and the most common one of those most common ones of those is thinking of someone and they contact you happens all the time right sometimes thinking of someone and they contact you and it's a wonderful thing because it's just the right time and it propels you into something else mm -hmm. sometimes it's it's less it's not it's you're unexpectedly getting somebody to call you it's not like your mother's going to call you uh on thursday at two o'clock and, and right. that you know that it's unexpected remember you don't know how it's going to happen that is better be called uh tele telephone telepathy it's real telepathy is real ladies and gentlemen I have a model for explaining it with the psychosphere. Let's just recognize that we are telepathic creatures and we can communicate with each other without words. I mean, it just happened. We, we are able to do it. That's right. just the way it is. So that's one form, a mind matching a call. The other, the, the other way you can do mind and you can do mind and object, mind and mind, which is telepathy. People having a shared dream, for example, mm. that's uh, not uh, that's not uncommon. I love those. Um, uh, twins do think the same things at the same time at a distance. I mean, and you have to check it out. You don't know how many times you're thinking the same thing as someone you're close to unless you ask. I mean, there's no way to know the other person's mind. So mind object, mind, mind, telepathy example, and then object, object. Uh, I just mentioned four different forms of meaningful coincidences, serendipity, somnopathy, synchronicity, and seriality. They're an example of seriality because they all have beginning with an S and end in I-T-Y. Mm -hmm. So anybody can see that they're four of a kind. It's like uh, four aces. Uh, for other people in the world, some see a friend of mine, sees monkeys all over. I mean, symbols of monkeys. She has a record of all the monkey sightings in comic books, in movies, in advertising, in radio and television things. She, she's into monkey business, monkey business really heavily. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> Well, it must be her spirit animal or something like that. It is. It's, it's, it's her teacher. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the monkey spirit that's uh, instructing her. She learns from each of these experiences. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's, that's very funny. For me, I think it's frogs. <laughs> frogs, huh? I, I have this thing for 
frogs. I've got them all over my house. Weird, you know, I mean, I'm not, not the real ones, but um, all kinds of things that are frog uh, themed. And I have no idea where that came from. <laughs> Do you run into frog themes outside of your house too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what, and what, what is the frog totem telling you? <laughs> um, and it's a specific look of the frog. <laughs> they have to have a really serene and kind face. There's some frogs that are out there that have really goofy faces and that doesn't resonate with me. They have to have like, like I have a couple of um, yoga frogs. <laughs> they're in the yoga position and they're frogs. And I have, I have some that are in different yoga positions with the leg up and the leg down, but they have to have that serene aspect to them. I have to get that feeling of peace. And, um, and I live, I, I live in Florida and there's a lake behind our house. So occasionally I see frogs, you know, and I just talk to them. They hop away. They don't really want to talk to me, but I like to see them. Well, I, I believe that I can, I have a conversation with trees, so yeah. it's going to be possible if you, if you allow yourself, I bet you a nickel, you'll be able to find some frogs under the right condition. If you believe they want to communicate with you, and they do. The deer around me here want to communicate. They want to make a connection. But I have to be in a way that's right to connect with them. Right. And if you don't believe it, it's not going to happen. But if with all that frog stuff you've got around <laughs> you, I mean, you're a frog lady. Uh, you're you're a frog in there and you better <laughs> and your friends want to talk to you so please do right exactly i'd like to try another little frog story with you sure um you're 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 probably aware of the, the frog the story of a frog put in in water that's being gradually heated mm -hmm. uh and because it's only gradual the frog doesn't jump out so the story goes right. how true that is some people question but the important thing about that frog thing and that's why i bring it up now is that humanity is in that same position mm. we for some reason we've allowed uh, the press to call it climate change it's not climate change ladies and gentlemen it's global warming the planet is warming gaia is getting hotter than she needs to be for certain animals like us to be living here so that frog analogy that you have in you somehow is very important to notice because what I think synchronicities can help us do is mitigate what we're doing in this slow suicide to ourselves. We can turn off the heat, but we have to do it collectively, not just talking to each other one-on-one. -on -one. We have to collect ourselves as what I call a collective human organism and stop trashing the planet and start being a lot better with each other. Interesting perspective. I really have to give some thought to that and see if that's like, if that resonates with me. If I, always, you, I used to have um, lizards as pets, you know, and, um, and I never understood that either because I, I would be able to connect to them soul to soul. I would really be able to look in their eyes and really talk to them. 
So I guess that's the reptilian brain in me that um, is able to connect. But yeah, I mean, I have these weird things that, but I love creatures. I just love them. You know, anybody can play with a, a furry dog or cat. I like the creatures. Um, I had three mosquitoes living in my house for uh, about six months. Um, and and while it be on some podcast, one of them would land on my nose <laughs> while I'm on the podcast. Uh, the creatures want to communicate with us, not just the domesticated ones. So I, I really encourage you, those frogs have something to tell you like the woman telling me who could speak with horses telepathically oh yeah a, a horse was telling her why are you trashing the planet this is horrible what you're doing mm -hmm. to us and every and yourselves if they want to talk with us mm -hmm. i hope if you do uh, begin to establish a, a monologue dialogue trialogue crocologue with all the frogs <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, let me know i would like to hear what they have to tell you okay uh you know hey it's it's just another direction to take my life in. it's interesting <laughs> um yeah to horses i've i've had um one or two horse whisperers on my show and horses are very very intelligent they're very intuitive and they do communicate so um that's one animal that i know you know, and I'm, you know, I'm vegan um, because I, I can't look at an animal and think that it's going to die for me to eat it. So that's just my thing. No, it's not your thing. It is the, it is what the frog needs to be able to do to turn off the burner. Uh, th that's the that's right thing. Things. It's the, one of the things that the frog needs to do. No, you're, you're representing uh, a, key thing um about global warming so okay. it's not just you you're manifesting what has to happen yeah thank you thanks for that um you're welcome affirmation mm -hmm. so can you tell us some stories because i know um in your book you talk about six low probability coincidences that are verified verified or verifiable would you like to share any of them um but well I'll, I'll give you uh, burning lungs burning lungs the french gps the balloon i'm gonna i'm gonna do the balloon one because uh it's so well documented and uh so hard to believe um and if you if you want i i it it becomes a metaphor uh, or an analog that helped me understand a model for how telepathy happens hmm, okay uh, i, I it, it's just, it has to do with rectangles. Uh, has to do with rectangles. Okay. Um, th there was a, um, it, if you, I have to get it up there because I forget the girls, the, the, the names of the places where the girls were. Okay. Uh, so okay. I can, I can get it up here for, a, in just a minute. That's okay. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's a the story is of of two girls of one girl uh and i'll just say it in a brief way without the names in it um in london in england and one of them and one of them was at her her um 
grandparents' uh, 50th wedding anniversary. And the grandfather uh, knew that she knew that he wanted his granddaughter to have a friend because she had no friend. Uh, and the girl's name was Laura Buxton. And uh, Laura was a lonely 10-year-old. And you know how grandparents can be about their grandchildren. Uh, they feel the pain of their grandchildren uh, immensely and want to try to do anything they can. So mm -hmm. they took one of the balloons uh, at the mm -hmm. celebration, a helium balloon, and attached uh, a label that said, uh, please return to Laura Buxton and put a, a telephone number on there. And they let the balloon go. And that was it. Give my the granddaughter a friend and maybe a friend will find it. Okay. That balloon traveled 140 miles. 140 miles. A helium balloon traveling. Without popping? That's amazing. Without popping. Yes. So that's amazement number one. Mm -hmm. And landed in a bush uh, in a kind of a farmer's area. Um and one, uh, there was a in the bush was between uh, this guy's house and another house, and he pulled the balloon out, and he saw the label on there that said, "Please return to Laura Buxton." Well, it just happened that the little girl next door, ten year old, was also named Laura Buxton. Oh wow! So he thought it was her balloon. So he brought it over to her, and of course it wasn't, and she was also lonely and needed a friend. And the parents thought this was so weird that uh, they brought the two girls together. And that's a key part of this, that the parents acted. You don't have coincidences unless somebody acts. You got to do something to bring things together. Right. So it was this, they brought them together. And each of the girls, when they got together, were wearing about the same outfit uh, and had three similar pets, including a dog of the same type That's and crazy. and they they became good friends and there's videos of them uh 10 years later and at the same uh uh college uh still being friends <laughs> so it, it worked now what how did that how how could a balloon helium travel 140 miles and the uh, science guys on National Public Radio at Science Lab try to radio uh, on Radio Lab try to like figure out all the probabilities. It's extremely low probability for that to have happened with the balloon in the hedge, 140 miles, the same child, both needing friends. The principle behind it is is so important for our audience to know, Randy, is that what you're looking for may also be looking for you. <laughs> Mm, I love that. What you're looking for may also be looking for you. We're not alone here. There are other people with needs that can be reciprocal. <laughs> and how that happens, when it happens, dating sites are not necessarily the smoothest way, but funny things happen on dating sites too. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but this was not, this was, this was not a friendship site. So, uh, if you'd like, I'd like I'd go on to how telepathy works from that description. Sure, let's talk about that. That's great. Okay, so the grandfather lets the balloon go up. The balloon goes 140 miles, comes down, and then the parents connect. There's a rectangle. So you you send up a thought 
like a friend of mine wanted to get back with her boyfriend and he they weren't communicating by regular texting and stuff so she said what she sent out what she's called a smoke screen i mean a smoke a smoke smoke signals smoke signal a smoke signal <clears throat> up into the psychosphere now up in the psychosphere i suggest there's something we have as a true self our true self, our real, our true self, or our higher self, okay. is really higher. It's up there, and it's connected by some kind of current to our minds down here, and it has a higher perspective because it's up there. But it can't experience the body things that we do down here. Okay. But you can communicate through this current, and your higher your higher self communicates to you. So her smoke signal went up to her higher self because she had a relationship down here in regular life between this guy, something love. And that's what makes these telepathic things more likely to happen. Some kind of form of love or connection with somebody. There's also a connection between her higher self and his higher self. So the smoke signal went up to her higher self. She communicated in the psychosphere to his higher self. His higher self communicated down to him. And he called her. And they're, last I heard, they were getting married. That's great. <clears throat> yeah, I like that you talked about the higher self, because I think sometimes the higher self knows where we're, what we're supposed to do, where we're supposed to be going when we really don't even know it, you know on a conscious level. So I, I completely agree with you. But that's, a, that's really interesting. Um, you talk in your book about um, people who use coincidences um, to manipulate other people like false coincidences. And you know, that that just uh, resonated with me because a lot of times and because my focus is so strongly on uh, people with narcissistic personality disorder and how they affect other people, often they do use things like that uh, to try to uh, solidify something with somebody that normally they wouldn't be able to do that with. Is this something that happens often, you think? The research needs to be done, but you're confirming it. Um, do you have an example of that, of someone doing that? Um, you know, it, I believe it happens almost in every uh, dating phase, we call it love bombing of, uh, of narcissistic abuse, because what they do is they, they have this ability to mirror the other person to the point where that other person feels like they've met a soulmate. And this happens pretty much every single time, because that's the way they capture their emotional hostages is by these connections where this person goes, I cannot believe that there are so many similarities to our personalities, to what we like, to our backgrounds. But what they don't realize is that they've kind of been interviewed and they've given clues and the narcissist is able to take those and use them to create a narrative that makes it all very believable. So I couldn't say one particular story. I would pretty much say all of them. What, what about in, in more normal romance, that's a, that stage of mirroring is common. 
Okay. Where, where you find commonalities so that you can be able to connect uh, and say that you understand each other. Mm-hmm. And this th- is false mirroring. This is false mirroring. This is where um, the person really has nefarious intentions for this other person. And, in, and what they, they must do is because they come to it with, um, it's like an act, it's a, it's, a, it's a facade, it's an actor. And what they do is they come to it uh, with an act that is meant to make that person, to hoodwink that person. And it's, it's a bait and switch situation. So they lock them into something. And once that person is you know, emotionally, physically, uh, mentally, chemically addicted to them, which happens, um, then they begin their, their campaign of abuse. But it's not, the mirroring is not done with good intention. It's done to hoodwink the person. Is, are some of the mirror, mirroring done uh, falsely, like making up stuff? Oh, completely. Oh, oh, that's what I, that's what, yeah. that's what, I, it's Completely. not real. That's, that's no, the big difference. it's not real. It's like they hear something and they, they create a narrative and say, I can't I'm like it. that too. I like that too. I like uh-huh. this. They like the same music. They like the same. They've been on the same vacations. Their families were so similar. Oh, we are so much the same person. I think we were together in a past life. Mm-hmm. I know it. I have, I can feel it. Look at mm-hmm. all this stuff and feeling we're having with each other. Yep. Oh. And then the person <laughs> thinks they've met their soulmate. They believe it because how could this be? It's too many things that come together. I had a, key- yeah, I had I'm a woman, sorry. a woman do this to a crazy woman who ended up becoming a stalker, but she, um, did this to me in the beginning. She told me that our grandmothers knew each other and I never heard it, but I believed it. Ah, that's the key part of it is they're make, making up stuff. Um, th- after they get the clues and they make it, a, salesmen do that too sometimes when they're trying to sell a car, but not. But they take more real things usually. Uh, mm-hmm. This is like really making up the story. Completely. That, that that is uh oh thanks for that because uh i i've been a little suspicious of something like that sometimes um because i know how that can proceed especially if it's real even you know when it's real but here you're telling me they make it up they make it up and that is that is so much what i mean i'd be nice to have that in my book or someplace um you've written that up someplace i guess Mm -hmm. it's in my book close encounters of the worst kind (laughs) (laughs) i think i've heard of it but i haven't heard it said we get off i'll I'll get your address and i'll send you a copy okay please do (laughs) (laughs) there's some other coincidences in in my book too that are like um a little bit problematic, like some guy making up a story about meeting somebody. And uh, I'm sorry that it was an Auschwitz kind of story Mm. that where it happened. But this girl with the apple gave him an apple through a fence every day and fed him while he was still hungry. And then he met her in New York City after he was able to be released. And this whole story got into the New York Times. And there was going to be a movie about it until the relatives said, he never met her that way. He just wanted it to be true, and it's a great story. Um, 
that's one that's a different version of the of the same thing uh the, the, the these do happen and it's so important randy for our audience to know that not all coincidences are always wonderful mm-hmm. and sometimes there is no really good side to it unless you really try to find it when you're hooked into one of these things uh but you get so deep into what you're just described you've got a lot of rope to give somebody in the hole that they've they've been dug into mm-hmm. to help get them out of there but i imagine when you help them you are trying to help them see the positive in what the experience was or you try to mm-hmm. exactly exactly and you know um these uh personality disordered individuals they have a, a keen sense to to sniff out vulnerability yeah so they're not picking on people who have strong boundaries and you know, and, and lots of life experience where they can kind of cut through this crap. Uh, but, you know, they're picking on people who are desperate, vulnerable, sad, hurting, whatever it is, or have trauma in their background that makes them very susceptible to this kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I'm mostly, I'm more really interested in the radar capacity mm-hmm. of these people because I'm what we have to address in this world is the interpersonal problems we cause for each other. Mm. And, and this radar capacity to pick up vulnerabilities could be used in a very positive way. It could be used to help each of them, the person who picks it up and the person who, who's being picked up. So I, how do they do that? How do they? So, so my opinion is that so the 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 person with the narcissistic personality disorder they're functioning from a purely survival based mindset. So it I liken it to like a wild animal. They have to have a sense when the gazelles go by. They sense which one is the weakest so that they can pounce and eat it because that's their that's going to be their food i think that narcissists because they're all survival based this is a necessity for them to be able to to pick this out pick them out of a crowd and be able to sniff it out smell it out intuit whatever it is um, because they must, and, and, you know, there's a lot more to this of why they have to do this, but. Yeah, but I, the idea of it is survival. And I, survival. I, I think that that's a simple way to, and that's not just survival, that's survival as a sense of self, yes. because without that other person filling in that gap, they're, they're, dis, they're dissolving. So they, they've got to be able to fill it in. Yes. It, it, that's a human capa- capacity to be able to pick up vulnerabilities in other people that don't doesn't have to come from survival need like that Mm -hmm. but can be something where we can sniff out the things in other people that maybe somehow we can be helpful to each other about and that's what that's what i look at for the positive side and what you're saying and in the work that you do the work that i do where we're working with people who um you know we're dealing with their minds and um and their vulnerabilities and their issues i think that um like i know for myself i have a sensitivity to be able to find that in people to know you know what 
what their vulnerabilities are and how I can fill that in in a healthy way, you know. <clears throat> so I think hey, that does happen. I, 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 we're all doing a business in which we are also trying to learn for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So m my hypothesis is that there's a lot continuing for you to learn about what narcissists do to people, ab about how your own mm -hmm. mind is structured and how your own interpersonal relationships have gone. Because mm -hmm. I like to say that being a therapist, or in your case, a coach, is the only way to be in therapy without having to be the patient. We we learn. Oh, my gosh, yes. We learn. And we're doing certain yeah. people because mm -hmm. the, certain kinds of people, because that's what we need to learn for ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. And and then we take that knowledge and we're able to apply it down the road so we can help other people with what we learned. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's tremendous. I, I, I love doing what I do, and I'm sure that you I love see. doing what you do. The mind is fascinating. So anyway, wow, we're, we're, we're out of time, but um, I think we need to continue this discussion. <laughs> I think we have to do this again. There's we do. so much more. We do. We <laughs> do have to do this again. Um, okay. I, 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 I agree with you. Um, we do have, we had, so we have to sign off. So I understand that. We'll too. sign off and then we'll talk. Okay. Okay. So anyway, well, let's, um, you have a website. Yeah, uh, my website is coincider.com, C-O-I-N-C-I-D-E-R. Coincider, a coincider is someone who experiences lots of coincidences, like Randy Fine. Uh, and so coincider.com. Uh, and my book is Meaningful Coincidences. You can get uh, any place you get books. Um, and we're launching the Coincidence Project um, on February 18th, which is a... Uh, and now a nonprofit uh, in the state of Virginia. Uh, and our, our job is to uh, encourage people to tell coincidence stories to each other and to spread the idea that coincidences are very common. So February 18th is our launch. Okay. And if anybody wants to um, come to our Zoom cafe, uh, we have a coincidence cafe um, every month once once a month from oh. 11 to 12 30 eastern time so it's a place for people to tell each other coincidence stories and there's a lot of people out there who say i'm weird nobody knows what i'm talking about they think i'm i'm like something wrong with me because i have all these stories but we're 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 the nut group that knows that this stuff is really real and it's very important mm -hmm. for the future of humanity as well mm -hmm. as individual uh, development so the zoom Coincidence Cafe is an hour and a half, 11 to 12.30 on Saturdays, Eastern Time, once, once a month. If you contact me through uh, Coincider.com or Bernard Beitman, you'll find it, B-E-R-N-A-R-D, Beitman, B-E-I-T-M-A-N. Uh, you'll find my website and uh, you'll find a, a way to contact me through there. And I'll put you on the list and send you the invitation to the launch party and to the Zoom uh, cafes. I love that you do that. You know, I mean, part of the reason that I do this podcast is because, you know, I've been I've been woo woo for most of my life, you know, just really seeing things differently. And um, I didn't used to have a community many years ago. And people would look at me, they thought I was weird. You know, how, what are you saying, Randy? Uh, and I would sometimes I would, um, 
I'd be out with a group of women and I'd just throw something out there that I knew was going to like stun them, <laughs> you know, and look at me and like, you know, but now doing this podcast, I've been doing it for over 12 years. Um, I've had so many interesting topics on, and I have a community, I realize that we're, there's lots of us out there. Um, it's just that we didn't have a way to connect before. And now we do. So. Amen, sister. Amen, sister. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you so much. And uh, we're going to schedule again. Okay. Okay. All right. Have a great day. Take care.